You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We'll be talking about Ray Charles' modern sounds in country and western music. In the room, I have Rob. Hello! Ben. Hello. And John. Hey! Uh, modern, modern Sounds in Country and Western Music is a 1962 studio album by R&B musician Ray Charles, released on the ABC uh, Paramount record label. The producer was Sid Felder. The genre is country, rhythm and blues, and countrypolitan. I'll get into the countrypolitan later. Uh, hmm. Uh, this is pretty much, uh, from Wikipedia. They had a really good, you know, uh, excerpt. So regarded by many critics as Ray Charles's best studio album, Modern Sounds in Country and Western Music has been considered by several music writers to be a landmark album in American music. The album departed stylistically from the singer's previous rhythm and blues music. It features country, folk, and Western music standards reworked by Charles to popular song forms of the time, including R&B, pop, and jazz. The artist's integration of soul and country music bent racial barriers in popular music amid the height of the civil rights movement. In the process of recording the album, Charles became one of the first African-American musicians to exercise complete artistic control over his own recording career. The album has been called one of the greatest albums of all time by publications such as Rolling Stones and Times, obviously in our book. Uh, what did you guys think of Modern Sounds and Country and Western Music? So, so good. I love this record. It's my favorite, Ray Charles. Uh, it's an amazing mix of styles. Yeah, I agree. This is, uh, I think I was a little harsh on uh, the genius of Ray Charles uh, <laughs> commenting that the, the horns didn't quite work with uh, his style. And again, the back half, it, it, that was that was a recording for the most part. Like Yeah, it was the, some the, of that. The, the back half was because, I mean, th- this record's uh, full of the mermaid vocals, but the recording's done so well, it's not like a, what the fuck are these sirens singing about? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. This is this is like right at home with him. He's coming into his own, and he's got, you know, everything's coming together. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful Absolutely. music in his Gorgeous voice. Production. Yeah, the production. Yeah, that just really stood out. The book. Uh, the book refers to. Uh those mermaid vocals has uh, the supper club choir. Oh, that <laughs> sounds right. Yeah, yeah. It, because you, you, you know it when you hear it. It's in it's in ev- 
it's in all, so many adult contemporary songs of the era from from pop to country, Latin country. Yeah. This like very specific sound that I never knew what what it was called, but yeah, like mermaids or, or the supper club choir. Sometimes the supper club choir sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes it ruins a song for me. And sometimes I like a, a song in spite of it. I don't know if I ever think that it it I'd like a song less if it wasn't there. I don't know, maybe a few of them. But in this one, just like the contrast of that of that like polished pop choir and his soulful vocals, I it, it works on this one. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a mix that shouldn't work, but it does. And then not only do you have his soulful vocals and then the supper club choir, but you've also got like a full big band orchestration. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's Ray Charles, you know, basically conducting them. I mean, there's there's you know historical notes that he told people how to do their parts because he wanted to exercise that much control, saying, okay, well, there might be 18 musicians playing on this, but I want you to come in this way, and I want you to have this kind of feeling. Right. I, I was reading, so he, he's got a few different people arranging for him, but even them, he was sending them a vocal and piano demos. Like, he'd be playing the song, and he'd be like, make a note, like, I want this kind of riff here. Like, this is, like, just, like, the basic skeleton of how I want it to go, and then they would arrange it for the band. And even so, like, in the recording studio... There's a few of like the arrangements that he scrapped on the day and then just dictated the parts to this band. Like he's like, I want you doing this, like ba 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 ba. And he yeah. just went around and dictated the parts to these people and just wrote an arrangement on the spot. That's nuts. And yeah, like considering that this what, this spent fourteen weeks on the top of the billboard charts mm-hmm. during the height of the civil rights movement. And this mm-hmm. motherfucker like had the rad audacity to be like, "Oh yeah, let's uh let's do Hank Senior." Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just seriously, hey, good looking. The the arrangement he did for that is so fucking good. Yeah. So good. Like I, 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 I am, I'm sad that I didn't hear this record before this. Like, um, this is absolutely like. It's too, it's too fucking good. In 1962 in the South, Ray Charles got himself played on country music radio stations. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's insane. You give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak my heart is beating so, and anyone can tell. You think you know me well, but you don't know me. No, you don't know me. No, you don't know the one who dreams of you at night and longs to kiss your lips and longs to hold you tight. That's all I've ever been Cause you don't know me You know, we always think about American as, America as being this like a melting pot or sort of like, yeah, everybody's together and we all appreciate that togetherness, but I feel like this album is one of those albums that kind of proves that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, 
Here we have Ray Charles, R&B singer. He's doing country and western, some folk songs. He's bringing his style. He's mixing, con you know, contrast. He's bringing all this together with this backing band that <clears throat> he didn't traditionally have. It's all polished, and it just sounds great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got everything. And I like, like, Ray Charles' theories on why it would work. Like... I guess he, he wanted to do it kind of to see if he could do it, to see if he really had creative control, because they said he did. I mean, this was kind of like his like test, like, well, well, well do I? He did. <laughs> and, uh, so I was in country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and they called his bluff, and, <laughs> and it worked perfectly. But, uh, I, uh, Birch, where's, uh, where did Ray Charles come up? Like, what, what town's he from? He's from uh, Albany, Georgia. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So uh, George is on my mind, you know. Mm -hmm. So Ray Charles said, like he, he, he called it hillbilly music. And he said, "I can, I can do hillbilly music." He said, uh, "He used to play in a hillbilly band when he was coming up." And he said, uh, "He said like with the right hillbilly song, I think I could really do it justice." And the reason being, also like uh, just kind of paraphrasing what he said, he said that uh, this country music is just very earthy, yeah. like the blues. Uh, the songs, you know, the songs are about love and loss and, and cheating. He says, like, a country song, just like a blues song, basically it's just saying, quote, Look, I miss you, darling, so I went out and got drunk at this bar. They're both, like, they're, like, they're, they're played with, like, different feels or, like, different instrumentations, but that's what they're saying. Yeah. And he says, uh, you know, if, I, if, if you can, like, if there's a song that's communicating this feeling in, in country... You can make that a, a a blues song. You can make that a soul song. And I was reading that, and I was reminded of there's this uh, this playlist that I like to listen to. It's called a uh, country rock and soul. And the description of it says an intersection of country, soul, rockabilly, and R and B in the '50s, '60s, and '70s. In this playlist, there's dozens and dozens of songs, but you, these same songs keep on coming up. Uh, it'll be a a soul artist playing it. Then it'll be like a honky tonk guy playing it. Then it'll be like like a rockabilly band playing these same songs, because in the end it's it's just a love song. And especially like back in like fifties through sixties, you know, it's going to be a fairly simply written love song with a, a pretty melody or a catchy hook. And you you put any filter on that you want, and it's gonna be good. Yeah. You know, like and especially like in the South at the time, these country guys. And like these blues guys and these soul guys and these rockabilly guys, like they look like Memphis. They're living like a, 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 across the railroad tracks from each other. You know, there's there's these intermingling. There's a sharing of songs, and and it's almost like the styles are blending a little bit, but like even like the actual like published songs are are being shared back and forth. And I think that's a really cool thing. And then he proves it with a whole record. Yeah, you know, it's amazing to hear some of these songs and what he his translation of, of those songs. Oh, yeah. The, the way his brain, like, remade these songs is... I am... I'm just so happy he did this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought... Uh, I told you we'd probably talk about uh, Countrypolitan yeah. a little bit more, which was a term I actually hadn't heard before, but uh, apparently in the er early 60s um, and 70s, you know, the Nashville sound uh, began to be challenged by Bakersfield, mm -hmm. uh, California sound, um, on the countryside and the British invasion on the pop side. 
so there there was sort of this uh it was the nashville uh pop song structure uh became more pronounced you know they had they had that clean polished sound but it became even more and it sort of morphed into what was called country politan a smoother sound uh typically using lush string arrangements real orchestra and that and background vocals uh, mm -hmm. like a choir and so it was aimed straight at mainstream uh during the 60s and 70s and it sold well i would consider glenn campbell countrypolitan mm -hmm. yeah like there's a that, that whole scene of it yeah it takes the country music off of the farm dresses it up sends it out on a date in the big city you know like it's 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 cleaned up it's shiny it's presentable it says Tammy Wynette. Mm hmm Yeah, you're right. Glenn Campbell were uh, kind of uh, the people who uh, who embodied that style. So, so and you can kind of you can kind of hear it in this in mm -hmm. this album that sort of and I guess these, these being you know country songs and then having that, that yeah. really lush uh, orchestra and arrangement. Born to lose, I've lived my life in vain. Every dream has only brought me pain. All my life, I've always been so blue. Born to lose, and now I'm losing you. I was asked um, by an interested party um, who's like, we've been listening to all these records, and how many of these songs have been originals versus like rehashing or of covers or traditional you mean uh, how tunes. many how many have been written by the artists yeah that, and, that we're saying and i kind of want to i want to dissect that and sure. go back a little bit and like because i know that i've heard a few of these by at least a couple of the bands that have, that are on this list mm -hmm. um which i'm interested to to go bet, dig a little bit more and like see when the transition finally happens. Yeah, to well, him, you could like, say that the, that the Crickets were... And that's what I was saying. An, an original yeah. band, and they wrote uh, predominantly their own songs. Um, but you're right. A lot of a lot of these artists, they are... And that was, you know, the, the style. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they don't need to write. They're popular enough. They have the, the talent, uh, the vocal talent to do or the way to play it, but they are not writing necessarily all of the songs. Ray Charles was a songwriter until he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. He said, like, he, 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 the hits that he wrote got him on the map, and they got him noticed, and then he made a conscious decision. He's like, I'm a singer and a pianist. I want to pick songs and interpret them my own way. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would I would say one of the first that we probably have talked about, just thinking off the top of my head, is probably the Crickets, mm -hmm. um, and we'll get more into, you know, when when the bands start uh, coming about. And, I mean, and and then we're um, we're 
we're doing Beatles right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. I will say though that you know uh, Miles for kind of you know take it or leave it. I want to leave jazz aside. <laughs> okay, this. okay, okay. So not including Brubeck. Vo- vocal yeah. specific. Um, okay. Rock songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Everly Brothers. They wrote did a lot of their own. Yeah, yeah e- Everly Brothers okay. for sure. Um, I was listening to track seven of this record. I think it's called Worried Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the original writer of that? Uh, Ted Daffin, here. I think. Yeah, Daff- Daffin Davis, but I don't know who. Did originally. Daffin Davis sue the ever living shit? Daffin, like, slash. Daffin Davis. slash Davis, did they sue the ever living shit out of uh, that Eagles dude for Desperado? Hmm. Because it's the exact same fucking song with different lyrics. I didn't notice that. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Bert, you mind queuing it up? You promised me love That would never die That promise you made Was only a lie It's, yeah, if anything, it's probably not enough for a lawsuit, but the same corporate It's evocative, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't sound like a, a... like, it doesn't sound like a strikingly original chord progression. It sounds kind of like the type that's in a lot of songs, you know? All right, and how do we how do we feel about this being included in the book? Absolutely. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. So goddamn good. I'd say I mean, 100%. If, if the book was, like, the, the, fif- book? the 15 albums you need to listen to before you die, I think it'd still make the cut. Oof. Man, well, I don't know I, about I, that. I'd <laughs> say it'd be in the 500. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely five hundred and point five. Rolling Stone <laughs> puts it in. It's like what it was like three forty eight uh, out of out of a thousand. So Rolling Stone yeah. puts it under the three fifty mark. Right, the two fifty and a quarter that you need to listen to. Yeah, I may have I may have been overexcited when I said fifteen. I'm now just thinking about all the records I like. Yeah, I think absolutely. <laughs> uh, d- is Robert Johnson ever going to show up on this shit, or is that he just predates it? Predate, he predates uh, the album format. Yeah. Well, that's a, for sure. That's a um, plus for Jack White. It's <laughs> <laughs> a plus for Led Zeppelin too. It's yeah. plus for a lot of these guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't remember what I was going to say. Sorry, now. man. <laughs> oh, I, I never. I remember what I was going to say. So, yeah, I was a little harsh on the previous genius of Ray Charles because I felt like the reason I, I think I was a little hard on that one is I felt like one of his his self-titled should have been in the book um, rather than his crossover album because this album also provides the same attitude as the genius of Ray it, Charles. It, yeah, it checks the box for Ray Charles' crossover album, yeah. I think, better than I think the so genius too. of Ray Charles. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I felt like if you're going to ha- if you're gonna put two albums in this list, I'd rather have his self-titled um, yeah. or his, uh, you know, Newport out, or something something mm-hmm. else um, that, that had his his sort of soul uh, feel rather, yeah. rather than the, the slick production of, of these albums. Right. Uh, any other thoughts? Okay. Obviously, this has gone gold. Um, sold. It went gold ton, immediately. Tons. Yeah. yeah. 
it, yeah. he was it, he was touring Europe when it came out, and when he landed back in the states, he was awarded I think two gold records, one for the album and one for I can't, can't stop, stop loving yep. you. Mm-hmm. All right, next time we'll be talking about Booker T and MGs. Green onions. Can you play us out on Hey Good Looking? Yes, please. All right. Uh, that that that's my personal favorite of the arrangements. Well, good. Um, yeah, I fucking listen to this record. It's, it's ridiculously good. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Birch. Mm-hmm. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Sweet baby, don't you think maybe we could find us a brand new recipe? I got a brand new car and a two dollar bill, yeah. No spot right over the hill. That's sort of pop and the dancing free. So if you wanna have fun, come along with me. So hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with